All right, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I cannot stop thinking about Cozy, which is some of the most thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living that I've ever seen. And we have talked about Cozy's beautiful products before, but I really want to harp on the Cozy experience itself. Because not only is the delivery fast and free, but the purchasing process itself is actually fun. As someone who is notoriously bad at making decisions and commitments to things, the fact that Cozy allows me to fully customize pieces and then physically see them in my space through an augmented reality, well, they fully eliminated my fear of commitment. And when I say the furniture itself is so elegant, I mean it. Everything is carefully designed in Canada with the intention to enhance any space with high quality products at a fair price. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. But I think it's equally as important to know what you do with that time if you had it. But learning how to prioritize what's important to me didn't come naturally. It's taken a lot of wonderful, loving people, including a couple of really great therapists, to get me there. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe the world would be so much better if everyone had access to a good therapist that did the right thing for them. But until we get to my perfect utopia, I will never stop searching for ways to make self-help and therapy and life improvement more accessible. So if you have personally been thinking of starting therapy, maybe BetterHelp is the right thing for you. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And ideally, if you find the right match for you, we can all learn how to make time for what makes us really happy. Visit betterhelp.com slash make your bed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash make your bed. Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. The ADHD in me loves a little detour. And while I was reading Michaela Loach's book, I stumbled upon The Red Deal, which is a manifesto and movement born of indigenous resistance and decolonial struggle, the intention of which is to liberate all peoples and save our planet. In the book, The Red Deal, Indigenous Action to Save Our Earth, the Red Nation has created a supplement to the Green New Deal, because in the Green New Deal, which is the next best step for eco-socialism, so the Red Deal isn't a counter-program to the Green New Deal, but a proposition to go beyond it. It's red because it prioritizes indigenous liberation and a revolutionary left position, but obviously it's not just for indigenous people. The Green New Deal has the potential to connect every social justice struggle, from free housing to free healthcare to free education to green jobs to climate change. And likewise, the Red Deal places anti-capitalism and decolonization as central to each of the social justice struggles, as well as climate change. So the necessity of such a program is grounded in both the historical and future context of this land. And it entails the radical transformation of all social relations between humans and the Earth. The plan of collective climate action is based on four principles developed after extensive conversation, dialogue, and feedback from Indigenous and non-Indigenous community members. The first is what creates crisis cannot solve it. 
Divestment was a popular strategy among many campaigns, including the hashtag no dapple uprising in 2016, where water protectors called upon the masses to divest from the financial institutions subsidizing the pipeline. The Red Deal continues this call for divestment from fossil fuel industries, but they say we must go one step further. We draw from black abolitionist traditions to call for divestment from carceral institutions like police, prisons, the military, the border imperialism, in addition to divestment from fossil fuels. The second pillar is a change from below and to the left. Because it's important to remember that the Green New Deal was possible only because its main proponent, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, became politicized by the hashtag no dapple uprising. Indigenous people are and always have been at the forefront of the struggle for climate justice. The text says, We will not back down from the GND's demands for a dignified life, nor will we back down from the centering of the leadership of Indigenous people in this fight. In fact, we must go further. We must throw the full weight of people power behind these demands for a dignified life. People power is the organized force of the masses a movement to reclaim our humanity and rightful relations with the earth. And I love this line. It says, People power will not only topple empire, but it will build a new world from the ashes, a world where many worlds fit. Beautiful. The third pillar is politicians can't do what only mass movements do. States protect capital and its caretakers, this ruling class. They do not protect the people. So reformists who appeal to the state for change compromise our future by aligning with the interest of the ruling class. But we refuse to compromise. That said, we do believe in reform, just a different kind. A non-reformist reform that doesn't limit the possibility of what the status quo offers, but which fundamentally challenges the existing structure of power by prioritizing, organizing, and elevating the needs and the demands of the masses. We don't want to improve this system by implementing policies from the top down. We want to destroy it, either by fire or a million small cuts, in order to replace it. And our philosophy of reform is thus to reallocate social wealth back to those who actually produce it. The workers, the poor, the indigenous peoples, the women, the migrants, the caretakers of the land and the land itself. The restoration of social wealth means the empowerment of those who have been dispossessed. Social wealth can be restored by building a mass movement that has the power and leverage to reclaim resources from the ruling class and redistribute them to the dispossessed. The fourth pillar is from theory to action. From White House to CEOs to multinational corporations, bosses rule the world and they plunder without challenge. Given the staggering amount of destruction and death just a few individuals inflict on billions, it is strange that no unified left has emerged in the global north to pose a real threat to these bosses. We've witnessed in the last handful of years massive grassroots rebellions against the fossil fuel industry, police violence, racist immigration policies, and labor exploitation, yet nothing has coalesced into a unified mass movement. We believe that struggling for non-reformist reforms to restore the health of our bodies and the earth will serve as the most powerful vehicle for building a mass movement, fast, that can take on the bosses. But we cannot simply be against something. We must be for something. We will construct our own policies out of grassroots action, 
that seeks to caretake and support one another through organizing around non-reformist reforms for housing, food security and sovereignty, domestic and gender violence justice, suicide prevention, land restoration, and more, we can and will build infrastructures of liberation. As the Black Panther Party decided at a certain juncture in its history, the Red Nation realizes we must undertake realistic and principled actions now that will help build our cumulative capacity for revolution in the future. We must not turn away from the truth. We do not yet possess the capacity for the revolution, otherwise we would have seen a unified mass movement come out of the remarkable revolutionary energy of the past decade, but yet we have had very little time to get there. This is a contradiction and the duty of our generation, decolonization or extinction. And this next section is the reason why I wanted to share this at all. They say, liberation isn't a theory. It is a necessity and a right that belongs to the humble people of the earth. How will we make it happen? We will not turn away from opportunities to organize, agitate, and build people power in spaces of state surveillance, like prisons or child services and hospitals and classrooms that are designed to dehumanize and disempower the people. The state sets its targets on poor and working class people because it knows that they pose the greatest threat to its existence. We will not let the state steal our relatives or gut our power any longer. We must swarm the state, inside and out, multiplying this threat by millions until it crumbles. Our non-reformist reforms will come in many forms. They'll look like grassroots indigenous seed bank networks where thousands of sustainable farmers share, trade, and feed their communities. They will look like successful runs for city council elections where left candidates implement a people's platform for climate and social justice at city and municipal levels. They will look like land-back camps or tribal council resolutions that reject colonial water settlements by banding with other indigenous nations to blockade all government and corporate efforts to commodify water. Whatever form they take, we must simply get to work. As always, I'll be linking resources in the show notes. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie.